March 5th, 2020, Nanaimo, British Columbia. I am pleased to welcome Nanaimo, British Columbia, and Sir Oxman Stadium to play host to the 13th team in the West Coast League. Nanaimo Baseball, from the coal mines of Douglas in East Wellington, to number six in Jingle Pot, from Departure Bay to Nanaimo Harbor, Gabriola, Wellington, Cassidy, and Extension. This is their story. This is Cobalt. Welcome everyone to another inning of Cole Ball. In this inning, we have managing partner of the Victoria Harbor Cats and your Nanaimo baseball group, Mr. Jim Swanson. Jim, how are you? I'm good, Ben. I, uh, I'm. It's great to be talking to you tonight. I appreciate this. Yeah, it's great to be talking with you. I appreciate you taking the time to uh, interview with us, and uh, we're we're happy that we we get to have you on in this inning of Cole Ball. So uh, this inning, we're gonna. We're going to talk about the Nanaimo baseball group, and we're going to get to know more about what the group's done, more about you, and kind of where we're going. So we're going to jump right on into this, and I'm going to start off by uh, talking to you and asking, you know, how long have you been the the managing partner of the Victoria Harbor Cats, and now with the Nanaimo baseball group as of uh, the date of this recording, which is um, in May of 2020. Yeah, so I've been, uh, I, I came, I moved from Prince George to Victoria in late 2013 to become the general manager of the Harbor Cats. Uh, that was going to go into the second season. So the Harbor Cats played their first season in the West Coast League in 2013. I was not around for that first season, uh, but I took over uh, a couple of months after that season ended. And uh, and it was about a year later, um, just over a year later, that uh, the group that I'm now a part of ended up taking over ownership, a very long story. Um, but one that uh, our group were very proud of the fact that we uh, did everything we could through circumstances kind of out of our control uh, to keep the Harbor Cats up and going and uh, have built them up into, you know, what we believe is is one of the best collegiate summer baseball programs uh, anywhere. And and uh, so I've been, to short answer your question, I've been the general manager um, pretty much the entire time. I did give the title up for a little bit, but I've been general manager or managing partner of the Victoria Harbor Cats since uh, November of 2013. And I'm now, um, you know, since the March 5th announcement of uh, the, the Nanaimo team and the work going on to that, I'm into a few months now of uh, essentially acting as a de facto general manager and, and certainly the managing partner for the Nanaimo team. And um, I'm excited about that. And I'm excited about what uh, coming out of the, the virus and everything going on, I'm excited about the changes and the people that we've lined up to take on key roles. and. And that'll become more clear as we get closer to our first season in 2021. Why, why did you become a, a, a team owner, like a managing partner? Like what was, what was that it factor that made you want to jump into that? I, I lost a bet. Um, no, that's not actually it. I'm just kidding. But uh, uh, you know, I, I, I had worked as a journalist for about 20 years and 
I had done a lot of baseball work in Prince George where I lived before and running international tournaments, did three international tournaments, two national championships, uh, took teams to the national championships. And baseball's always been in my blood. I grew up as a hockey guy in the winter and a baseball guy in the summer. And, you know, I was very excited to have the opportunity to have somebody make a phone call to me and say, hey, what do you think about Victoria and baseball? And, and you know, Victoria is the greatest city on earth. It really is. Uh, people in Nanaimo think it's the greatest city on earth, which is fantastic. Um, and it, it's, it's uh, I mean, living on Vancouver Island, you can't beat it. And uh, that's a, a really fun part for, for me. And, and, you know, that introduction of, hey, what do you think of Victoria and baseball was pretty easy for me to, um, to accept doing that. You have to think about something here with it, Ben, is that there's not many paying, I can make a living baseball jobs in Canada. You know, there's, there's one minor league affiliate in all of Canada. It's Vancouver Canadians. There's one major league team now with Montreal having moved. There's one major league team in Canada. That's Toronto and the Blue Jays. So there's very, very rare opportunities to work in the sport that we love and have the passport that I have. And so I, I always knew if I wanted to get back into baseball, I'd worked in pro ranks in uh, the late nineties in North Dakota. Uh, if I wanted to get back into it, I'd have to find something in Canada, especially after 9-11, not as easy to get working papers to go across the border, Americans up to, to Canada or Canadians down to the States. So um, yeah, that's, uh, it, it didn't take long for me to take that uh, opportunity and, uh, you know, tell my family, by the way, we're moving to Victoria, but it's turned out to be pretty good. Describe briefly what, what overall, what a managing partner does and throughout the year, and then what, what's it like for a managing partner, like in your kind of role on a baseball day? Yeah, I got a couple of one-liners I could use on that, but the, you know, I'll give you the straight answer on it is I, I look after the team on behalf of our ownership group, um, uh, which is a fantastic group of, of people. I love every single one of them and the, and the chance I get to work for them. And, and really I guide the overall operation of the team from business uh, to hiring coaches and to overseeing uh, the baseball side of the operation. I really, at this level, I get to have my fingers into every bit of the pie and I, and I kind of enjoy that. And uh, um, I, I have a, uh, some theories and some, some uh, philosophies when it comes to uh, running an operation like this. First, I want us to be the best we can be in every single op- part of the operation. I believe I'm always looking for us to improve and find new ways and find new things that will excite people um, on and off the field. Um, I expect excellence and I expect effort and I expect hard work and I expect loyalty from my people. Uh, we get that and it's a lot of fun to be a part of that. And really at the end of the day, the key philosophy I has, have is to put good people into the places and let them do their jobs. And I've been very fortunate to have that uh, as our coaching staff has continued to get better and better over the years, as our front office staff has considered continue to get better and better over the years. We have really, really good people. You've gotten to know a number of them through things. And I'm just very fortunate to allow them to sit back, be a part of it. And I'm not so much the cap or the coach of the team. I'm more the captain of the team because I don't get to sit in an ivory tower and just tell them stuff and, and order them around. I have to get out there and I rake the field from time to time. I water the grass from time to time. I'll throw batting practice. I'll uh, clean up messes. I'll, I'll cart stuff from the office to the ballpark. All those different things are required, has to happen. And uh, you, you just don't get in at this level and be part of this and get the chance to sit back and watch nine innings of baseball. That's the only downside to my job is I don't get to watch as much baseball at the games as I'd really like to because 
Uh, there's just too much to go on with uh, running the operation and making sure people are supported. And I know my coaching staff's got everything well under control, so I don't need to spend time telling them how to write up lineups or, or when to put on a hit and run. Now, the Victoria Harbor Cats are in the West Coast League, and the Nanaimo team will eventually be in the West Coast League in the summer of 2021. What is the West Coast League? Can you describe it for us? You know what? The West Coast League is, uh, I describe it as an elite collegiate summer uh, wood bat league. The players in college baseball use aluminum bats in most leagues. Uh, They get to do it with wood bats in our league. And the scouts, of course, like that because that's what pro is going to be for them. They have to, there's nuances between the aluminum, uh, the tin and, and, uh, and the crack of the bat. There's, there's some nuances in, in sweet spots and, handling outside pitches and high pitches and a number of different breaking balls. Um, so what the West Coast League provides is an opportunity for uh, players to not have to worry about classes, not have to worry about exams, not have to worry about uh, labs and papers and all those things. They just get to come and be a professional athlete essentially for a summer. In an amateur situation, they're not paid. But the very best um, collegiate summer baseball players and when I say that, I mean summer baseball players, they want to play. Guys who want to play and get better go to the best collegiate summer leagues and they go there to get better, to learn from coaches, to spend time acting as a pro. Uh, the schedule that we have, playing three-game series everywhere we go. The West Coast League provides the absolute best preparation, I believe, for professional baseball that they can get, period. Uh, most of the summer leagues do not have a series schedule like we do we go three games here three games there three home three road might be six in a row on the road might be six in a row at home but they're three game series just like pro baseball not all college baseball and very few of the college summer leagues follow that mandate and it's something I will fight tooth and nail within our league to maintain that standard um, with the West Coast League because the West Coast League as an elite summer collegiate league is by far the best preparation for the next level of baseball in my estimation. You started getting into my next question, which is what makes the West Coast League different than other summer collegiate wooden bat leagues? And, yeah. you know, and I'm going to throw out this one. You have the Cape Cod League. Some would consider or, or many consider the Cape Cod League to be probably the um, the pinnacle of summer collegiate wooden bat. Explain to us what makes this league different than the others. Yeah, again, it's that travel component. When you play in the Sally League or the Appalachian League or the Northwest League or um, the Texas League, um, California League, any of the pro leagues, you are going to play series against other teams, three to four games in a row, sometimes five, uh, but usually three to four games in a row where you have to battle against that same roster, that same group, three days in a row, different pitchers. The depth of your staff is, is, uh, is shown. The ability to make adjustments on both sides is shown. When you play one-off games like they play in the Cape Cod and the Northwoods in many cases and, and many of the other collegiate summer leagues, a lot of the times they're playing one-off games is to avoid uh, some of the travel costs and in particular hotel costs. Uh, they're trying to do it where they go and play somewhere and come back home and stay in their own beds, which has its obvious benefits and comforts. But I don't believe that's what's best going to prepare players to go out and play in that series type of a format. I, you know, I grew up as a hockey guy. One of the best things that ever happened for me and, and, and memorable things for me was playing in a, in a best of seven series and, and like a hockey legitimate playoff series, played in a number of them, played in double overtime games, um, those kind of things. If you're playing in a, a league in, in hockey that has shootouts at the end 
and where you don't really have a playoff at the end, but more of a tournament style, how's that going to get you ready for the NHL? And I think the same thing goes for uh, the West Coast League and what we get players ready for is to go to that pro level, to have to deal with travel, to have to deal with being away from home, four different walls, you know, every every three days and having to, to make adjustments, get your mind into the game, be prepared, get your work in, do all those things you have to do. Um, you know, when you play in a league that, that goes one game here and then home and another game there and then home and you do that, I just don't think it prepares you in the same way. And that's why I will always be a believer in what we are doing as a standard in the West Coast League. And I also like that we do a first half, second half. Most pro leagues have that until you get up to the up to the major leagues. You'll have a, a two pennant races during a season. I think that we do everything we can to approximate uh, the pro situation, which is why you see Alan Embry and, and Todd Haney and Brian McRae and, and, any, and, and major league baseball guys are in our league coaching in many cases because they see this and they get what that brings and the importance that is to development. Switching angles here. Describe for me, Canadian baseball. Uh, It's good. Canadian baseball is vastly underrated. Hello, Joey Votto. You know, hello, Ferguson Jenkins, Larry Walker. There's been a lot of great Canadian players over time. Maybe the best pinch hitter of all time is Matt Stairs. And that's a Canadian guy. Um, you know, there've been a lot of really good guys over years. You've got Eric Gagne, one of, uh, one of Cy Young. You, you've got uh, Justin Morneau was a batting champ. And, and, you know, all these guys that have, that have played. I think what, when you look at Canadian baseball and, and anybody ever evaluates it and, and thinks that it's not, you know, up to the standards of other places, we just don't have that big a population up here. And 90% of the Canadian population, which is about 37 million, live within a one-hour drive of the 49th parallel of the border with the United States. Um, but a large number of those people also live in very cold weather uh, territories. I don't think you can expect uh, players from Ontario and Quebec and Manitoba, um, the provinces in the center, to develop just like I think it's a surprise when somebody from Minnesota or Montana or Maine makes it to the to the major leagues. It just literally is that. I don't think it has anything to do with the country, I think it has to do with climate. And here in Victoria, where we basically don't get winter, we have a lot of advantages. You do, you know, you, you can go do studies, Ben, and it's easy to find them. Uh, how many of the drafted pitchers come from Arizona, California, Florida, Texas, all the warm weather states? That's where the war- arms come from because they can spend more time honing their craft and throwing the ball and, and stretching it out and, and becoming more athletic in how they throw. When you have to do that in cold weather, when you have to do that in the you know, 30 degree weather in Fahrenheit for you guys, or, you know, just barely above the freezing mark here in Canada, it, it's hard to develop your arm in the same way as if, as it, in, you know, if you live in Bakersfield, California, you got a chance to throw 12 months of the year. You're starting to hit on my next question, which is what makes playing baseball in Canada different than that of playing baseball in the United States? You know, I, I think there's some stereotypes that, that uh, and your question's a great one because it leads to being able to sort of answer a couple of those things. Um, certainly hockey is the number one sport up here. Certainly we are a winter uh, country. We've, you know, we've hosted winter Olympics up here, Calgary and, and Vancouver. Um, you know, we should probably be holding more of them because we do do a pretty good job of our winter, our winter sports. But, um, you know, Canadian baseball is, is again, a product of, of, uh, facilities. It's a product of climate. It's a product of opportunity. It's a product of access to competition. 
Um, you'll see all the time Canadian uh, programs, high school and some of the lower level college programs will take the opportunity to go down and do a two, three week uh, trip down to Arizona and Vegas and Southern California and go down and play as many games as they can and lo load them up double headers after double headers to get in as many games. And I think a lot of that stuff with, with the continued improvement in coaching that we have up here, and it's always been pretty good, but I think more and more guys are getting opportunities to play in the States. And here's an interesting stat for you. Um, the number of Canadians playing American college baseball at U.S. schools versus the number of Canadians playing college hockey in the United States, it's about double, and it's the baseball side that's double, double the number of hockey players. Now, there's a lot of junior hockey and other uh, Canadian university opportunities for hockey that don't exist in baseball, but there are a lot of Canadians. There can be as many as 1,200 Canadians down playing collegiate baseball any given winter and, uh, and doing that work. And, you know, one of those, my son's been down for two years. He's been down playing ball. Um, and we have guys that are on our roster year in, year out in Victoria, and we'll do that as well in Nanaimo. We're going we're gonna to put a premium on that. Um, those guys are down there getting their, their licks in and competing against a bigger pool of talent and having to succeed and having to work guys. And then they come back here for the summer and come back to our leagues for the summer and they have to do it even more there. It's a, I think it's a tremendous training ground in that way. And it's helping to make Canadian ba baseball even better. One more question on, on Canadian baseball. And cause I've seen it a lot in the, the upper, upper portion of the United States. And you mentioned like Minnesota I'd say Oregon to uh, Washington, Idaho, Montana area is I know with where we live in Oregon and in Washington, there's a lot more, there's di like the different climate, just like in Victoria where, you know, you have rain. So you're, you're dealing with different facilities. So what is, what, what are Canadians doing to, to, to improve facilities, to make training more readily available for ball players? So that way they can then further develop, develop their skills, hone those skills in and make better ball players. Yeah, there are better facilities that are cropping up in places. There's dedicated indoor batting cages. Um, there's dedicated places to throw bullpens that are cropping up, you know, not unlike how driveline started in the Seattle area. There's things that are, that have been trying to copy that forever, but you know, that's no different than say, you know, spent some time in the Cincinnati area and there was, uh, you know, a handful of places there that were trying to do, the same thing to combat the fact that from, you know, late October into, you know, late February, March, it's pretty hard to get outside and, and, and play the game or do, you know, game activities like, like throwing and long toss. I think there can be a danger in the wrong facility as well. If you've got a wrong facility and you're trying to work on throwing as a, you know, a fielder and you really can't get your arm, you know, fully stretched out and lengthened out, you can teach yourself some bad habits by being in the wrong indoor facility too. You're, you start to shorten up your arm. You start to change. And just because you've thrown a, a short, um, made a short throw to a teammate that's hit him in the chest, you think that's successful. Once you get outside and once that throw is another 30 feet longer, all of a sudden that thing dies like a bit of a, a dead quail. And, and you're actually training yourself to do some poor things. There's one facility here in Victoria that I think does more, more damage, more harm to, to kids in the training and the way that it's used, then it does good. I really do believe that. And it's part because it's too dark. It's part because it's too small, part because it's too low, the ceiling. And you see players going back out on the field to start play in late March and into April. And those habits they've been picking up in the winter indoor facility 
are are impacting their game and taking them away from, uh, in many cases, away from college opportunities. Switching subjects here, I want to go back to, you know, you as a managing partner in your group. And now I want to discuss the time where you and your owners were beginning to think and discuss adding another team to your portfolio. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we've had this conversation over time, probably over the last four years, I would say. Um, I was a member of the expansion committee uh, in the West Coast League. And, uh, you know, not to tell too many stories out of school on this, but there were members of the expansion committee that it turned out were uh, as interested in being the expansion committee because they were looking for ways uh, to, to maybe sell their team. And rather than doing the actual expansion committee work that they should have been doing, and, you know, not all of us recognized it. I, I didn't. I, I was naive on, on some of that, but it sure seems like that's the, uh, the result in the end. And you know what, I know there were, there were some people that we brought into the mix to talk about some of the markets that we had potential of uh, moving teams to. I'll just state it in IMO right now, but there are at least five other markets that we've discussed in a fairly serious light. And, uh, you know, a couple more may come to fruition at some point in the hopefully near future. I'd love to see it. I'd like to see us grow. Um, but, it, you know, it, it, I had there's one one person involved in our league that frankly looked at Nanaimo uh, somewhat seriously and, and determined that wasn't uh, wasn't something that 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 fit. And for a variety of reasons. And I can see some of those reasons. I mean. Uh, you know, get you get to the park at first, it didn't have lights for 44, 46 years. It didn't have lights. Now the city is, you know, spent a million dollars to put lights up and, and a couple hundred thousand more to put a brand new scoreboard. And that's thanks to the West Coast League coming to town in large part. There's been a, a board and a, and, a, and a willingness from the city to look at those projects. Um, so when I talked to my partners about it and we realized that there was an avenue to get the lights put up, uh, that it wasn't going to necessarily be us to be there, but the city was going to be a real active a partner in putting that together. Um, you know, we talked about how that would look, how we would, how we would fund the team, how we would look after the expansion fee, all those things that I think are fairly open and, and obvious. Uh, and we looked at that and found ways that we could make that all happen. And um, you know, I think at first uh, my partners wondered if I was nuts that if I wanted to, you know, do so much, uh, be so busy that I kill myself, and and you know, might as well do it another way that's more fun. Um, but when I explained the vision and how I thought we could staff it, how we thought we could put it together. And you have to realize that where I live in, in, in Langford in the West shore of Victoria, you know, I'm maybe 55 minutes to an hour away from Nanaimo uh, and the park there where I'm 35, 40 minutes to the park in Victoria. It's not a heck of a lot of difference. And, you know, technology these days, I can hands-free safely make a phone call or two on the way up to Nanaimo no different than I do it on the way to, uh, to, to work in Victoria, to the office uh, there. So, um, you know, our partners bought into it. They saw the, the potential. Uh, they saw the numbers. We obviously did a business plan and, and projections. And uh, I think everybody sees it now. I think everybody sees the opportunity. And, and I think it's, I, but I do think we were uniquely placed in order to do this at this moment, uh, that we have a successful brand that's considered uh, to be top notch, I believe in Victoria, it's it's considered uh, that we do a, a a strong job across the board, and because of that, and because we had involved a number of Victoria or Nanaimo players in Victoria, 
people in Nanaimo knew what we were doing and we had taken ex- expand or exhibition games to Nanaimo. They knew what the caliber was. They knew it was a lot of fun. And uh, just the opportunity to bring it to a city like Nanaimo that pretty much has nothing else like it as competition in the summer. And that was another selling point with my partners was, you know, we really don't have any competition. And, and the, the team will be the largest or the top level sport uh, entity in the city of Nanaimo. We're, you know, there's a, there's a BCHL team, the Clippers have done a very good job. There's a BCHL team in Victoria as well called the Grizzlies. And we're certainly above the Grizzlies in terms of caliber and operational standards. And, you know, we're going to have our work cut out for us on, on some operational things in, in Nanaimo uh, to be better than, than the Clippers because they do a good job. Uh, but I have every confidence that our players caliber and level getting guys into the major leagues and the draft um, that will be there. I mean, 90, 90 guys pretty much drafted every year out of the West coast league is that's three rounds of the draft. It's an unbelievable number when you stop and think about how many guys we have in major league baseball, pro baseball, and how many guys that we have uh, drafted every year. Let's discuss. And I want to hear you talk to me about these discussions with the man, other managing partners and what those were like concerning, you know, that that talk about adding another team let let's dive into that because i really want to okay. know i, I yeah. and i want the people to know what those what those discussions were like and you know feel free to share whatever you want but you know i just want okay. to dive into it you know at least a little bit so that way people can really sense and get a feel for just that background well it's it's actually that's that's a fantastic question i'll tell you why that we're not the only situation in the west coast league that has two teams under one ownership group. We're in fact, the third group to do this. Um, the first group was the uh, Pacific Baseball Ventures group led by John Stanton as the owner. Uh, for those who don't know, John Stanton is the owner of the Seattle Mariners and the Tacoma Rainiers. Um, he is the founder of T-Mobile and, you know, a very unbelievably down to earth and nice gentleman. Uh, but incredibly wealthy and he's earned it. He's done a lot of great things in business to do that. And they had a managing partner um, for his operation by the name of Zachary Fraser, who was also on the expansion committee with me. And, you know, Zachary in a lot of ways tried to talk me out of it. He knew how much work he had to put in to run both Walla Walla and Yakima, the, the, the sweets and the Pippins. And he tried to talk me out of it in many ways, but at the same time, Understanding that I, I, you know, I've been kind of determined to do this. He's also uh, been a tremendous amount of support to me. Uh, he's now left the league and gone on to some different business ventures, but he remains somebody I'm in touch with and asking questions and bouncing stuff off and, uh, and asking how, how to do this and how this was set up. And so a lot of those things uh, have gone from his side. And then the Cowlitz uh, Black Bears, um, owned by Tony Bonacci, and the Ridgefield uh, Raptors. Um, now with a partner, Wade Siegel, uh, that helps with that program. Um, they're, they're co-owners of that team now. Tony uh, brought in Ridgefield's an expansion team. And then uh, after having established that and, and getting that confirmed by the league, he then brought Wade in as a partner. Wade has been a tremendous resource for me throughout this as well on how they've done things as general manager in Ridgefield uh, as well. Uh, Gus Farah has been a really good uh, um, uh, resource for me. And those guys I, I talk to on a regular basis. And um, I want to know what they did that worked, what they did that didn't work, uh, the things they would, they would try again, the things they would, they would not try again, the things that, uh, 
that that made them run away scared and and that they would never forget the mistakes they made. I mean, I go back to my time in pro baseball in the nineties and I can talk to some of the owners I worked for at the one team. And I know exactly the errors I made that I still regret to this day. Um, those things don't leave you. The successes we had are good, but I'll tell you what, it's the losses and the, and the mistakes that you never do forget. And they, they need to be a very key part of your memory uh, going forward and how they, they matter. You don't, you don't, do this to lose uh, at stuff you do this to win uh, but when you when you do make a mistake you want to make sure you don't repeat that mistake like you know history uh, that that famous saying with history so um in terms of you know operating them both um really i think what i hope my staff takes out of it and i've said this to them that i hope they take this as a huge vote of confidence from not just me but our entire ownership group that they know that if nanaimo and victoria play on the same night uh, that I can be in Nanaimo and helping that to get off the ground and, and especially the first couple of years and make sure that's looked after. And at the same time, I can, uh, I know that Victoria is being looked after by the people that are back here and they'll, you know, get a, a successful game off and, and we'll have everything taken care of. And, you know, the, from start to finish. And, and that's a very important part. You don't do a second team like this without having that confidence in your people. And we have tremendous and loyal people. And I greatly appreciate that. We've had this discussion on on many occasions, but I want the people of Nanaimo, I want the people across the world um, to know and have you describe the process for choosing a location for a team. Yeah, it's we have had this discussion. So, you know, I go back to my time on the expansion committee and really, you know, I spend a lot of time, you know, sipping on some coffee and looking at expansion models around the world in different sports and baseball in particular, but a number of things. And one of the things that, that I, you know, I looked at was, you know, what are the basics here? What, what are we actually boiling this down to? Let's not, let's, let's keep this as uncomplicated as we possibly can. And for me, it came down to a, like a, a kind of a, a, a holy Trinity, if you will, of, um, of expansion. And for me, you need to have a great market. You need to have a great facility and you need to have great ownership and really as I boiled it down even further I stopped to realize wait a second you know life is about decisions life is about um, you know everything you could say oh the government did this or or the stock market did that or you know or or nature did that at some point in almost everything somebody's making a decision so the decision comes down to on that holy trinity is a great owner or great ownership group wanting to go into a great market and wanting to go into a great if the market's not good and the facility's not good then you have to question if the ownership's any good um, the ownership is only going to go into a great market and a great facility or a facility they feel they can they can make into great and a market they think they can develop into great uh, it all comes down to that that still that human side that people side that commitment side it all breaks down to that and that's what you know I'm I I look around our league and I see, you know, John Stanton and his ownership group. Um, you know, I see, I see ownership groups around our league and I, and I go, you know what, those are people who've made decisions to work in those markets, in those facilities. And that's what has them there. And that's what has them being uh, in a position to allow the West coast league to be successful and to continue to move forward. How is creating this team, the Nanaimo team been different than, uh, than any other Team, I know that you 
you said you didn't create the Harbor Cats, but you've you've done some things to move them along and and forward, you know, where you were at when you first were got there to where you're at now. So how is it how has it been different for you? Uh, I love this question. I'm so glad you've asked it because the biggest thing for me is no, I didn't get a chance to start Victoria. Uh, I've done a lot of starting of things in in my life. I've been fortunate to have that opportunity. Um, been part of starting two newspapers. Very, very memorable uh, being able to do that in my journalism career. Um, but also, you know, being able to start um, uh, putting on major events and baseball events in Prince George where I used to be. And some of those things were fantastic. Um, that's what really excites me here. I, I'll be, I, I'm going to be honest, and maybe Harbor Cats fans are listening won't like this, but I would go back. I would not have named the team the Victoria Harbor Cats. I, I'm not, at the end of the day, I'm not a super, super fan of our logo in Victoria. And I'll tell you, I, I've said this a few times semi-openly to people. I, I don't like the fact that the, um, that the, the Harbor Cats logo doesn't have a baseball component to it. There's no part of our logo that shows it. it to me, it kind of looks like a swim team or a dive team. Um, that said, uh, the work that the people who have been part of this over time have put in to make sure that it uh, builds to what it is, it's been a lot of work to get this brand into position and uh, and to build up the what I'll call community equity that we have in Victoria. So I, you know, I I take this as a huge. I, I take that thought process right there, that, that conversation, and I think about how excited I am to be able to challenge myself and prove to myself that I can make a brand new team get off the, the ground really strongly and, and do all the things that, uh, that I think uh, could have been done in Victoria to start with and to have, uh, have Victoria have an even better and stronger. I mean, we went through some tough times in Victoria the first couple, three years. And I, I think if anybody, you talk about a relationship, you talk about a job where you went through two or three years of difficult times, guess what? Who wouldn't, uh, who wouldn't rather go back and not have to, to do those two or three difficult years? I think it's the same thing here right now uh, with Nanaimo. We get a chance to do it right and do it right from the start. So I'm glad that you brought in Nanaimo at the, at the very end there because now I really want you to get heartfelt on this one because I, I know that there, there's more than uh, to this question than, you know, what you had described earlier, which is, you know, why bring Nanaimo? Why, why Nanaimo? Nanaimo? And, and, you know, you talked about it, you know, hey, there's not, not necessarily a, another competing, you know, sport or whatever. But I got to imagine there, there's something more to this question. There's, there's a little bit more of an answer to it. And I'd really like you to jump in on that. Yeah, you know what? I guess it, for for me alone, I like the challenge. Um, you know, we've shown that that Victoria is um, in doing Victoria and bringing it up to where we are. We've shown that Victoria is a viable, sustainable business. Take away the 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 fun and the sexiness of baseball and what it is that we do. Um, we have done baseball and and done it. We've done a business in Victoria um, that is sustainable. Is it? Is it grossly profitable? No, it's not. And it's never going to allow us as owners to buy an island in the South Pacific. You know, I'm sorry, Ben, I'm not going to be able to fly you on a Learjet to bring you up to Nanaimo to show you it for the first time. It's not going to work. I know you're wishing for that. But what I would like, but what I, what I do want to do is I want those who have invested to keep it alive for the community's interest and for the best case of Victoria really wanting this team and they showed it 
by sticking with us through tough times. Uh, we want to show and prove to Nanaimo and, and to Victoria that, that we can make it viable. And I looked at, at, at Nanaimo and realizing it's an hour and an hour and a bit up the road, I believe it can be managed uh, from what I have to do in my roles from, you know, my home, from the vehicle in between time, the travel time, uh, from the office in Victoria, I can still do some things, you know, Zoom calls, uh, phone calls, uh, email, text, all those things that we communicate with now. I don't necessarily have to be in Nanaimo every day in order to run Nanaimo. Conversely, I don't have to be in Victoria every day to run Victoria. Um, so I think that transferable um, uh, communication that's there allows us to, to look at the challenge and go, you know what, we want to give this a try. We're going to do it and uh, see how this works out. And, uh, but, you know, in saying that, I think what I just mentioned, see how this works out seems to, uh, seems to indicate we're not in this for the long haul. We are, we're in this for the long haul. These two teams will be around forever. And uh, that's exactly where we're at and where we're, where our mindset is. And that's why we're excited. And um, you know what, I, I, look forward to the day when Victoria and Nanaimo meet each other in the playoffs. That to me, um, with full crowds and people smiling and kids with, uh, with happy faces and full bellies and all those different things that go with baseball, uh, that to me will be the measure of success. You're going to be playing in Siroxman Stadium in yeah. Nanaimo. Yeah. Siroxman Stadium different than any other ballpark in the West Coast League? I don't believe there's another park in our league that has a historic feel to it like Siroxman Stadium. Uh, we've got some great parks in our league, absolutely. Yakima is a legitimate uh, single-A stadium when it hosted that. Walla Walla, great history. Um, Cowlitz, I love the feel of the park in Cowlitz. Obviously, Oregon State's park is uh, pretty sweet in in uh, in Corvallis. It's not my favorite park, though. I, I just, I find it like it's almost too nice. It needs to have some dirt rubbed on it. You know what I mean? Um, I love what we can do in Victoria because it's so um, it's so flexible as a stadium. We can do so many different things, and it sets up perfectly for our level. But when you get to Nanaimo and you sit on one of those cold, hard bleachers the first time, you you feel like ghosts are out there playing. You feel like you know, put some corn beyond the outfield fence line and you'd have some of that kind of a feel to it. The bones of that stadium are, are just, they, they draw you in. And the, the vantage point being just about a, uh, kind of a, a story above the, of the, uh, above the playing field. So you got that vantage point down to it. And we have ideas um, around the chain link, turning that into netting, around uh, uh, decks and changing some of the fencing configurations so there's more people able to see the game things like that, that will just open up the stadium and make it even more um, enjoyable. And, you know, for me, the, the one thing I'm super happy about, these lights that are going to go up there, they're not just going to benefit us. They're going to benefit the VIU University baseball team. They're going to benefit uh, the Nanaimo Minor Baseball Association, the Coal Miner Senior Baseball League. They're going to benefit the, the Pirates uh, PBL high school level program. You know, all of those youth baseball, they're all going to take advantage of those lights and it's going to become a beacon. It's going to draw in, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like flies and, and insects to that light that, that you have on your, on your patio. So that, uh, so, you know, so it just draws that interest. I don't want to bug zap anybody, but that's sort of what this is going to bring to it. And having been there a number of times, I was just there today. Um, what really stands out is that 
there's no houses directly beside the ballpark. So we're, we're going to be able to draw people kind of from, um, you know, a few blocks away to longer distance away without interrupting anybody's lives and shining bright lights into their bedrooms. And, and the, 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 the noise factor that's fun with baseball will be welcomed and enjoyed because it's part of a recreation in a school district. Um, but it doesn't have a house next door that somebody has to work at six in the morning is going to wish we weren't there. Those kind of thoughts won't be in place um, by the community. So we start off right away without some of those potential negatives that can be there and, uh, and, and make for challenging relationships every once in a while. And most of our, I mean, we have that in Victoria. We have some people, some neighbors um, that, that they don't like the noise. They don't like the lights being on there. Uh, they're, they're kind of, kind of grumpy. And uh, I wish they come out and enjoy it like everybody else is enjoying it. But, you know, we're glad to try and work with them and try and, uh, and see what we can do to make sure they understand that we're, we're doing it pure of heart and we're doing it because we want the community to have another great uh, thing to do in, in Victoria. And now the same thing going into Nanaimo. I'll have to say this is that I feel like Siroxon Stadium in the field itself and what I've been able to, to see visually through pictures that yourself and uh, Ray has sent me another, you know, one of your uh, employees is yeah. it's like their own field of dreams. That's, that's how I can imagine it. And, and, and I feel like you, you're Ray sitting in, you know, Ray Kinsella sitting in the, <laughs> yeah. the bleachers and, you know, going out to, to play a game of catch with his dad. That, that's kind of how I how I feel like looking at those pictures of um, Siroxon Stadium. Now I want to jump into you. You talked a little bit. You said um, you know some the lights, some netting, some reconfiguration. Are there any other things that the owners are planning for the stadium itself? Yeah, for sure we are, and we're you know we have things that we we want. We're floating. We want to float. We want to continue to. To, to work on ideas. We want to put in um, some bucket seating so people can have a more enjoyable experience in sitting there rather than being on a, on a bleacher with no backs to them. We want to do that for approximately 400 seats uh, that are there. We want to improve that level. Uh, we want to see an improvement in the, um, in the sound system. Um, we are, we're going to take the, the one multi-purpose room and we're going to turn that into an office. And that's going to require uh, some, some, uh, elbow grease and some work and some, uh, you know, I got some time without the West coast league playing this summer, at least our team's not, um, for various reasons, border and the virus. And we're going to, we're going to spend the time and make it useful time and excited to do all that. And, you know, we're going to put in a, a, a party deck. We're working with the city on arrangements on that. Uh, the, the double decker bus that's famous in Victoria for being uh, the only one of its kind in baseball. Well, you know, I have access to another one. Why don't we do it again? Um, make it kind of our our island thing, and it's a fantastic way to watch a game up above and over top of the of the park. You know, there's there's going to be changes to the fencing and and how that's done, but not the fence line. It'll be consistent. We have some ideas about the monster in right field and what we can do there to um, increase and improve it. Um, it's a it's a wooden structure that is uh, that is not. Um, uh, that's not in a very sturdy condition right now. So something has to be done. Everybody realizes it. Um, you know, bullpens need to be improved on. Uh, there's, there's a, there's quite a list as a matter of fact, I'm, you know, I'm into, into, you know, 20, 20, some 25 projects that we want and need to get done. 
in order to uh, be ready to go for June of 2021. Um, but we have the time and, you know, having met with the people of Nanaimo, the, the people of the city, uh, they are all in on supporting uh, the things that we all want to see happen. And it's, uh, it's a lot of fun to be working um, with an entity like that, that uh, we haven't run up against any opposition whatsoever on any of the ideas. In fact, we we're running into nothing but support and, and they like the ideas. What's the ownership's uh, commitment to the community of Nanaimo? Well, um, 120%. If I can go, I mean, 110 is a pretty big number, but um, we're, we're committed to Nanaimo for, for forever. I mean, it's, uh, the, the whole idea is to get it off the ground and get it moving. And then, you know, for me as a managing partner, I'm, I'm excited to make it all work so that we can uh, get a staff in place that, uh, that maybe allows me to watch a few more pitches per game and, uh, and do some of those things. Um, I like working with great people. I like working with people who are all in and invested and, and I mean, invested in a, in a, in a emotional and, and uh, loyalty and commitment way. And we've been able to find that. And, you know, guys like uh, Christian Stewart, Curtis Pelche and Victoria, John Pollard, um, you know, there's a number of others I could keep listing, uh, but certainly we're looking, I'm looking forward to working with Ray Kirk uh, in, uh, in Nanaimo and the, the social media work that we've been, been doing in, in bringing on Chris Beveridge uh, in the last uh, about six months. It's, you know, all these pieces are falling into place for us and it's going to allow us, I think, to, uh, to put on a product that Nanaimo can be very proud of and, and want us to be around for a long time. Describe what the community can do to assist the team and its players. Oh, uh, yeah. So come out and enjoy a game. I mean, that's the easiest way. It's a pretty tough thing we're asking. Um, we certainly do want people to, um, uh, to to look if they want to be a part of the season ticket brigade that we have, if they want to be part of uh, our host family um, operation and, and, and what it takes to host, house the players and host them and, and, and show them Vancouver Island, show them Nanaimo, but show them the area. You know, Tofino is, if you haven't looked up Tofino yet, Ben, you need to look it up. Pretty amazing place out on the West Coast. Um, you know, you, you think of the Oregon Coast, this is BC's version of the Oregon Coast. Um, it's it's absolutely pristine. And there's, there's you know, from, from community partnerships to we'll have staff uh, and game day positions available. Um, I would like to think that, however, if somebody wants to be involved in, and they fit the the the, the mode and uh, the plans that we have. Then we'll be glad to have them a part of it, and we'll be glad to have them a part of it for a very very long time. Now comes the difficult question of right. this whole thing. It's something that you've clearly uh, been keeping close to your close to yourselves in the group. Um, but before we get into that big question, um, I, I want to jump into the whole naming process, um, you know, the, the group has gone through like a, a process now that's let the community get involved. Let's shuffle in some ideas. Um, describe briefly uh, what, what you're doing and what, what the community is doing to help out with this whole naming of the team. Well, can I can I ask you a question? I don't want you to add this out. When are you anticipating that our you know our our late May conversation will run? When do you expect that'll run? July, end of July. Okay, so we'll, we will have named the team by then. I was uh, kind of hoping to, to get it out on this the 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 break it on this, but I I hear you I hear you on that. But so 
so I just want to set the time parameter for those who are listening right now. So the name will be out by the time we talk about this. Um, but for us, I think there's two parallel tracks on this. Number one, you clearly want to engage the community you're moving into on the naming and the ideas and thought processes. You know what? It's I, I, I used to joke about this, you know, put our rocks or our, put a bunch of heads together, make a rock pile and, you know, pick the best rock. Right. And, and I, I wanted, and we wanted as a group, we wanted definitely to hear what the community had to say about this. We had a tremendous uh, unveiling on March the 5th. Um, you know, Mayor Leonard Krogh was almost in tears uh, with the announcement of that team that day. You know, every politician who could have been there essentially was there. Um, city council, past city councilors, a lot of people who played a big role in it. And, but, and so what that day, what we did was we unveiled and named the team contest. And in doing so, it wasn't going to be, you know, the, the name that got the most votes was going to win it. It was going to be the name that we as an ownership group deemed to be the best name that we could bring to fruition and make a long-term strong brand in the community that made sense, that would resonate with the community, would resonate with youth, would resonate with seniors, you know, everybody in between. We want everyone to hear the name and go, that's the baseball team. That's the West Coast League team. They play at Siroxman and it's a heck of a show. It's a, it's more than just baseball because studies have shown people go to minor league or, or, or lower level baseball games. They don't remember who you played. They don't remember if you won or lost, but they remember if the food was good, if the beer was cold, if the pricing was fair and they remember the toe tapping and the mascot running around and kids smiling and the smells and the, the sights. But again, the final score that probably half hour after the end, they don't know it. So we want to create a, a, a branding that goes with that. So with the naming, we want that to have that kind of a stickiness to it that doesn't just come out as cool to start with, but also stands a test of time. And I think, you know, just point blank, when you are a owner of a team at this level, or frankly, even the NHL level or Major League Baseball level or NFL level, and you put money in and invested to bring a team like this to fruition, I think you want to have a hand in what the team name is going to be, right? It's that's kind of the fun stuff. What, what are your colors going to be? What's the logo going to look like? Uh, what's the team name going to be? All those things. It's a big part of the fun. I mean, hiring a coach, big part of the fun, recruiting players, big part of the fun, but you really only get one chance to name your team. And so it, it's, you know, we had some discussion on it for sure. Um, we, we wanted to have something that recognized the, uh, the First Nations, uh, the Aboriginal uh, history in Nanaimo, the Nanaimo Nation, uh, something that fit with their culture and fit with what they did. Uh, that was certainly important to us. We wanted to have something that had historical reasons uh, behind what we were doing, something that we could have fun with kids, but also came across as fierce. And somebody, you don't name your team the Nanaimo Pee Wee Hermans. I mean, it's just, you don't do that, right? You want to name them something that's a proud name. And, uh, you know, here I am, the guy who cheers for the Vancouver Canucks in, uh, in hockey saying that. Right. But, um, you know, and uh, the Carolina Panthers and, you know, fierce names, strong names that that really take on an identity. So that's why we're excited uh, with what it is we've got in place and we're move, moving towards being able to unveil it. We'd like to uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry and Adrian Dix and the people who are running our province right now on the health concerns they're not going to let us gather people here for a bit so we're going to wait um, to announce this when it's a time that fits we have some target dates in mind but certainly we don't want to just have five people there when we announce it we'd like to have more than that 
There will be a virtual component to it, of course. Um, but uh, this is where I maybe tell a secret of ours, Ben. You've seen some of the merchandise that we put out on this, and I know you want one of those hats on your head. I know you want one of those hats on your head. So I know you. I know you quite well, my friend. So that that's something that uh, that's a that's a you know a, a, a smell test as well. Uh, does Ben Hire want to have a, a hat on his head that, that we have? If it's a terrible hat, then I've done a bad job. Yes. So, uh, yeah, to give it away, I, I have seen some of the the ideas floating around there. Um, and I think my my comment to you was, I can't afford it all. <laughs> and and hey, man, you had you've had some great. We didn't go with your ideas. But the ideas that you came forward with through research and through the, I mean, you've done more research on this than I think anybody ever has done, frankly, in the Nanaimo history. Um, and I, that'll show in these series for anybody who listens to the whole thing, you'll be blown away. Um, some of your ideas have absolutely spurred some throwback type of ideas that we can have for themes down the road. Some things that we can do that I think will really resonate in a way of of identity and uh, recognition and history and and fun. I mean, at the end of the day, it comes down to that three-letter word. It's, is this going to be fun? And uh, I, I don't feel like, you know, e- eating a hot dog has got to be fun because it's certainly not nutritious, right? You know, drinking a beer has got to be fun because it's probably not that good for you. So uh, going to a baseball game has got to be fun. And that's that's what we're there for. We If you come to a baseball game, you come to a baseball game, with an organization I'm a part of, and you leave uh, unhappy, ticked off, frowning, I haven't done my job. Now, it probably means if you've done that, I'm hoping it means you might want to go see somebody about that unhappiness and get some some help. Uh, but, you know, the whole point of what we do is to do things that bring everybody into fun and smiling. We want to be Disneyland, um, just with a baseball theme instead of, uh, you know, the Matterhorn and, and, and Space Mountain. Yeah, and some of those names, and I'll throw those out that because we've had those discussions, and then we'll get into what your you know the naming of the team. But you know, I like you said, I've I've done a lot of research on 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 the the team back to their the late late eighteen hundreds when Mister Planta um, asked and requested that they start playing baseball and. For many many years, um, the 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 team was the Nanaimo Nine. I mean, that's what. Yep. You know, as we've had in previous the previous inning, I think it's like inning two or three. Um, you know, we we talk about the Nanaimo Nine, and we talk about, um, you know, throughout the I think even into the twenties, the nineteen twenties, and maybe a little bit later. It's you know, it's always been the Nanaimo Nine, and they've. Uh, they've been a, essentially a semi-pro team, but they've had a lot of good, lot of good players um, that have played for them. You know, then there's the, you know, then there's the coal miner. Yeah, I was like, hey, let's let's do the coal miners. And this before I knew that there was an adult league coal, you know, coal miners um, team still uh, still there in the city of Nanaimo right now. But I, you know, some of the ideas that I, you know, that I threw out to you was is that. In, and you'll get into the, the name of the team, but I, I said, you know, what you should have is, is you should, you know, what you're going to have is if you have an animal, let's you know put a coal miner's hat on it with a light on the front and maybe have them holding a pickaxe to bring in 
that history of Nanaimo because, I mean, I believe, if I recall correctly, there were dates when it was 200,000 tons of coal departed out of Nanaimo Harbor in the surrounding area. I mean, that that's a lot of coal to be exporting to like the states here, like like San Francisco and many other many other it's places impressive. around the Northwest. It's impressive, and the park is built on a coal mine. I mean, yeah. itself, right? It's on it's on a bunch of coal abandoned coal shafts. Exactly, and so you know, I mean, those are those were a couple, you know, a couple of the the, the name that, that I threw out there, and I, you know, I know I've had some discussions with you about that. We had some back and forth, but um, honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it back to you because I, I know the team name, you know, and probably by the time this comes out, um, people are gonna know the team name, but there's a possibility that there's not. Just you know, we don't know what's going to happen, and so uh, with that said, Dremel. Yeah. Uh, what and, will the new Nanaimo team name be? And we're going to announce that when we announce that. How's that sound? I'm going to do that. Oh, but, but, you, but you can't uh, leave me hanging because this is, you know, the, <laughs> the, 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 let me, let me, let me, let me, uh, let me give the, the ones that it won't be. And there's some reasons I'll tell you that. So coal miners, hundred percent. That's, it would be the best name and it's the best baseball name in Nanaimo. I think it's an awesome name. Uh, would fit everything. Uh, there's even a in the coal miners league. There's a Canaries team. Canaries would have been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Canary in the coal mine. Um, some of those names were certainly suggested by great fans uh, already, putting out some, uh, tremendous suggestions. So all those things were were suggested. I don't want to take the name of away from somebody like the coal miners league. They have great history. I played against the coal miners in senior baseball, provincial championships, tournaments all over the place. And they were scrappy. They they man, they they beat us down a number of games, and you know guys who are now friends. Uh, Pirates is the name of the PBL team. Great name, fantastic name. You, traditional, historic. They use the Pittsburgh look. Um, it's it, it is it's awesome. They they look the part. They do a really good job addressing themselves. We had suggestions like Nanaimo Bars, um, which I do want to have as part of the whole name on it. Um, here's what I will give you. There was a team back in the 20s. They won it at least one championship. And I know you're doing more history detail on this than I probably ever will. Uh, called the Nanaimo Owls. And I think there's a way to, to use that name. Owls are, are historic to the, to the uh, area. Uh, they have a First Nations um, influence and cultural involvement. Um, but there's also some parts on what the city has done and putting lights in and the city is done putting a new scoreboard in and making this all happen. I mean, I've said this before, no lights, no camera, no action. Without lights, Nanaimo does not have a West Coast League team. And we owe the city and we owe the Siroxman Stadium board, led by Lauren Goodall and Dan Rogers and so many amazing people. We owe those guys a real solid thank you. And in picking a name that played off of the owls that allowed us to do something unique that there is no other team name team named like it anywhere in baseball that we can find outside of maybe one, you know, rec league team somewhere out East. But um, you know, we were, there's, there's also some machinations with this too, Ben, we have to make sure we can get the trademark for it. We have to be able to, we can register the name without having it challenged. We have to be able to, that we can do those kind of legalese things that you have to be in there for, you know, it's, it's pretty tough to go with, the Nanaimo Tigers. I mean, somebody could challenge us on that. Um, or the teams that are already in place, they could challenge us based on history. 
I know that came into play, for example, when Port Angeles uh, team franchise moved from Kitsap, the Blue Jackets, to Port Angeles, and they named themselves the uh, Port Angeles Lefties. Um, really unique name, great name that's caught on. Um, they still get the question and always will. Does that mean everybody in your team has to be a lefty? Of course not. Um, you know, what about it? And what they did was they, they developed a story as to what a lefty was and why they went with lefty. Left coast of North America. Um, you know, it, and, and, and there was a, they, they came up with a story. It's, it's, it's fiction, but it's a great story that talks about what, uh, about a player who is a lefty, who was left aside from being able to play and then was allowed to play and proved that lefties could play too. And it just has created a really strong identity for that community and especially that baseball program and part of our team and I, in the West Coast League in, in, our, in our roster of teams. And so that's, that's something I wanted to do is to create a real strong um, identity. And, and hey, you know what? It, that's part of the fun of this. There, I, I'd be blunt, not every team that I, uh, in, in our league or other leagues, when I see them named, do I go, hey, that's a great idea. I mean, New Orleans baby cakes. Come on, what were they doing? And um, there's one minor league team that went to storm something. And, and it was uh, and just a really bad idea in, in my estimation. And it got panned all over the internet. I mean, you got social media, all that stuff comes up now. You're fair game. Once you put yourself out there, you're global, whether you want to be or not. And I think that the name that we've come up with, and I think the plan we've come up with, and then we have further plans along to celebrate some history. I, I will tell you this right now, Ben, you will be able to get an Anaimo 9 hat and jersey at some point. I will tell you that right now, because I love that that's a part of the history. And it's something we've done it in Victoria with the name of Muscles, uh, the old Victoria Muscles. Uh, we'll do it at some point with the Seals. We'll do it at some point with Athletics and the Bees and Ties. We're going to involve that history, and we will involve it um, when it comes down to it in uh, in the Naimo as well. And largely, and I thank you for this because of the work you've done. Well, I got to say, you're you're at least telling me I got a chance of getting a team <laughs> named. <laughs> yeah, you're. You're, you're Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber right now, so you see, and there's a chance. You see, there's a chance. There you go. Um, well, before we close out this inning of Cole Ball, my last question for you is, is there anything else that you would like to tell us, the audience, before we end this inning? Yeah, and uh, what I'm going to say is uh, there's a couple of really tough decisions that likely will have been made by the time this comes up and I haven't made them yet. Um, you know, one of them is, uh, and Ben, you may never leave. Thanks to this one. There are so many great breweries in Nanaimo and Vancouver Island area and so many awesome choices we could have for what we're going to pour, uh, that I honestly am, um, we have a great relationship, Victoria with Red Arrow Brewing out of Duncan, which is smack dab in the middle between Victoria and Nanaimo. It services the whole island. They do a great job. And none of this has anything to do with full respect for what they do. But obviously, you know, what we've done in, in Victoria has, has piqued the interest of us going into Nanaimo. And there are breweries that are, are frankly lining up and wanting to do this. There are other industries, other, other verticals, people wanting to line up. But I'll tell you the toughest one. Um, my God, I don't, I don't even know what I'm going to do yet on this. I have 
no less than six amazing candidates for head coach. And I could legitimately go six different ways. Um, I know which way I'm going to go. Um, but, you know, we have, you know, ex big leaguers, ex college coaches, guys with summer league experience, guys um, with tremendous development experience. Everybody's resume is different in some way, shape, or form. And the the decision that will be made and is is being made in in actually these days the timing of it and i know who the guys who become my coach and maybe the guys who don't become my coach will watch this and wonder kind of what i was talking about a little bit here but i mean i could not respect anymore uh the guys and the approach and the and the questions they've asked me and the uh and the the responses they've given to my questions uh, in this process, I've spent a lot of time. I've had the time, unfortunately, to spend on it because of the uh, uh, COVID-19 thing. But um, I think it speaks volumes to our league. I think it speaks volumes to these communities. And I full-heartedly believe it speaks volumes to our ownership group and the staff uh, and what we're like to work for. The room Rumors get out and rumors, you know, smoke tells you where there's some fire. And the smoke coming off of... Uh, this opportunity is 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 really good smoke. It's not devastating smoke at all, and it's going to be um, tremendously fun to see the um, the way that this decision, because it's a key one, and the assistants that come with, and the recruits that end up coming because of it. Uh, it's going to be exceptionally exciting to watch how the integration happens between that aspect of our business and uh, the community of Nanaimo. It's going to be a lot of fun. It is going to be great, um, and I, I can tell you that, uh, you know, the city of Nanaimo has some good stuff coming to them. Uh, you know, they, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, they're going to have some good things uh, ahead of for them, and uh, all I can say is, is that this is going to be amazing. That's going to be a good time. And uh, I appreciate you joining us for this inning, Jim. Can I leave you with one last comment? Sure. The mayor of Nanaimo, Leonard Krogh, fantastic gentleman. Can't wait for you to meet him. Said to me when we first talked about this, he goes, oh, you're going to own both teams. So you're going to put all the good players in Victoria. And I said, Len, I want these two teams to meet in the playoffs every year. We're going to have great players in both spots. We're going to have great coaching. We're going to run the best program we can and Nanaimo and Victoria and Vancouver Island and baseball. I hope every one of those aspects benefits from this. And I hope every one of the people who are excited about Nanaimo and baseball watch every single inning of what you're doing here with Cold Ball Ben, because I can't wait to watch, to listen, watch them. I can't wait to listen into them myself. You've done a great job and I thank you for your support of this, your interest and not just this but the entire west coast league i appreciate it well thank you and uh this is for the fans this is for the city this is for the baseball community so this will do it for this inning of cobalt and uh, you have great time listening to these episodes and we've, we've we've done we've had a great time recording them so without further ado i'm going to end it there and thank you for listening to cobalt